Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Good morning, Philip. Good morning, Ricardo. So it is the month of October. Yes. It's, it's fall. I feel like it's harvest time. It's been harvest for a while. And, mm-hmm. and one of the highlights of my summer was a, a, a garden meeting. Have you ever been to a garden meeting? <laughs> I, I have not. So we, we were four people mainly taking care of the Perry's garden, and it was a fascinating meeting. So, you know, I, I, I bring this, this notebook with me, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I write notes now for homilies and stuff. And I had the page, I was looking for the, the page about that meeting, and I have two pages of notes about comments that were made about the garden, things that we want to improve next year. It was a fascinating <laughs> meeting. You've never been to a garden meeting? No, I have not. Do you call it the garden club? We don't call it a club yet. You don't no. want to use that label yet? <laughs> no, not yet, but it was very interesting. Because gardening, it's very interesting. For instance, we are going to do raised beds next year. Yeah. We thought that some we could isolate some of the production and, and, and have a cleaner operation. And, and then for people, we had different opinions of how deep the mm. bed had to be, <laughs> the planter had to be. And that's interesting because you would go one set six inches, another seven, eight, ten, and you would say, oh, let, let's do an average. Right. Probably the average is the really wrong answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Great group of people, Terry, Rick, and Kathy. And more than anything else, it's interesting how I get to know them more than, than I would ever have. Yeah. I see all your notes. Yeah. You get serious I have notes. Note full and, pages. And I have a, 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 a drawing. I drawing see a drawing. Of what the garden <laughs> should look like next year. It's learning on, on, on the go. So I always like that. Right. So, Two Guys and a Gospel, we are yes. becoming a garden a pod- club podcast, here. Yeah, a garden yes. podcast. <laughs> there are some gardening podcasts also. Mm-hmm. Um, but Two Guys and a Gospel, we are reading for the first Sunday in October. We are reading for the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we read from Mark. Uh, there is a short and a long version. We normally read the longer version, which is chapter 10 from Mark, continuous reading from last week, verses 2 to 16. The Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He said to them in reply, What did Moses command you? They replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. But Jesus told them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, no human being must separate. In the house the disciples again questioned Jesus about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And people were bringing children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he became indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Amen, I say to you, whoever does not accept the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. Then he embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands on them. So I actually want to ask you a little bit about a question, first of all. We had talked about the long or the short version, what we were going to read yes. beforehand, so that the, the longer version, which we read, includes this section, which is almost a little off-putting as to how quickly it moves to the children after talking about divorce. Hmm. Are you of the opinion that those are maybe really separate? Is that why you th said maybe we should skip that? It's a different scenario, a different scene. So she's talking about with the Pharisees about divorce, which we can discuss. And then there is this addition. And I cannot really get into the mind of this commission that probably after the Second Vatican Council put these two pericopies, as we call them, together, two different moments that I'm not sure why they are together. But but again, the most important thing would be to preach either one or the other. I don't think the two are really connected. I don't see the connection, at least today. It seems very clear to me that there is no connection. I think you're right, but I actually, as I've read this again now, I I think that's arguable. Okay. So I think there is a connection there. So here's what I see going on here with Jesus and the Pharisees and these people around. There's a lot of words here and there's a lot of going back and forth. And, and maybe it's just because I read this, I see almost a relief in the end where I think the Lord is saying, be as simple as a child. That's the path to holiness. That's the path to God. That's the path to goodness is be as simple as a child. You want to get really legalistic here about what you want to do and spend a lot of words discussing marriage and, and divorce and adultery. Look to children. So I don't know if it's such a bad idea that they're together. I see a little bit of a like a relief at the end, a solution at the end in a, in a way. So in the edition part, and I'm going to be honest, this is more of a spiritual reading of this. I'm not theologically, perhaps they're very different. Somebody put them together. So at some point, the, the Gospels are built from oral traditions and, and otherwise, and, and there is some selection of manuscripts. At some point, somebody thought that this story probably complemented the other one, and maybe it's what you say, but I still think that I would probably focus on the first part. And the first part, what we need to see is the key sentence here. They were testing him. Yeah. The Pharisees normally, usually are not asking Jesus because they want to learn from him or to know really what he thinks. They want to test him. They want to, to catch him. And, and Jesus is very simple. Now, if it's painful now to talk about divorce, and we have some people listening to this who have experienced divorce, what Jesus is saying is that, that life is to be planned one way, and because of our human nature, then laws need, need to be made. You know, you know what I mean? Some laws and regulations that were what the Pharisees wanted to do, wanted to emphasize the, the fulfillment of little laws. Jesus is saying you need them because of the hardness of your heart, because otherwise you wouldn't. 
if we were all perfect human beings with loving one another, loving God and loving the neighbor, you would have enough, which is what Jesus says, right? Right. Two things I see here. First of all, as we hear this today, as we perhaps discuss this today in a small faith group at St. Dominic's, for instance, that we mentioned last week, it can get a little tense as we think about this. And yes, that reality of many out there who have experienced the pain of divorce. Two things. I think, first of all, what I see here is the importance that, that God places on marriage, on healthy relationships, in particular, the marriage of a, of a man and a woman. This is really important, and it's something that we as Christians find important. But here's the second thing. Look for reasons to succeed. I always want to sidestep all of that. I kind of think that's what Jesus is saying. I think that's what you just said as well, to say, boy, we can get into all sorts of legal theories about this and, and the ins and the outs of circumstances. But in the end, let's always, as human beings, be looking to succeed. Let's look to grow in holiness. Let's look to be in healthy relationships. Let's look to be generous, to be a gift to others, especially to a spouse. I think the Lord is saying, look for reasons to do well rather than figuring out maybe someone else's circumstances, which is the way that we often think of this is we think of someone else. For me, the clearest thing you said is that probably the connection with the birth of the children is that they wouldn't be, a child would not be testing, a child would not be thinking about what, what the failure is going to be and, and prepare for that. Uh, law, you are a canon lawyer, law follows life, not the other way around. We don't, we don't sit down and say, okay, what's going to happen? No, we res respond to what happens. Uh, there is also a social justice reading of this gospel. It's Maybe Jesus is also helping us to see that e even in that context, the man could divorce the woman, but the woman couldn't divorce the man. The, the man could divorce unilaterally. And then it was very difficult for the woman to, to find a future in a, in a society like many other societies of that time where the woman depended a lot on, on the man and, and, and her reputation and everything. So it, it is interesting to see this legal process that really is in the hands of the male and not the female. Is it too modern to make Jesus say that, that there is a problem with that? I think in other parts of the gospel you can see how modern, as a modern thinking a modern thinking from, from Jesus, so I, I would not obviate this totally. No, but I think it's important just to know that basic piece of information that many might not know, that, yeah, a man could divorce a wife unilaterally. Looking back at what the Lord is saying is he's saying, all right, so from the beginning, you're no longer two but one flesh. God has joined you together. It's the Lord Jesus's way of saying, you know, my father has intended you to be together and, and to really to be, you know, the way we, that we speak of, of marriage today in the church is as partners and as companions and as complementary, which is even in the, the right of marriage right now. I remember a, a wedding where that, this, this woman came at the end and, he, and she asked me, did you say that the man is equal to the wife? And I said, yes, it's in the ritual. Mm -hmm. I wasn't making a point, which I would have. Yeah. But it was part of the nuptial blessing. Mm -hmm. And the, the woman was upset with me and I said, too bad. I'm just <laughs> reading what the, what the ritual says. It is a, a reading about, it's a gospel about legalism, but, but it turns into a gospel about, about marriage. And, and the first reading from Genesis also speaks about the plan of God for marriage and, and relationships in general. So it's interesting. And that's why you feel like a tension in today's gospel, because we are really speaking about this testing of the Pharisees, but the context is marriage. The first reading will, will set the context of marriage. So what do you do? 
I think it's important, certainly for us uh, as preachers, but really as people, as Catholics engage with family members, with friends and others, to remember, I, you said in the beginning, that the Lord is saying, here's the ideal, here's what we're striving for, here's where we are at our best without human sin. We have to be really cognizant of just the pain of divorce. Mm-hmm. So we have to be kind of careful as we speak about marriage to be sensitive to that and to encourage lifelong healthy marriages, but to be sensitive for those who are, first of all, not called, but also those who have gone through the pain of divorce. And and don't don't plan for failure. Isn't that what, in a, in a sentence, what you were trying to say before? Right. Also, I would like to say that... that I wouldn't say don't plan. Don't expect failure. Don't it, plan for failure. It's similar. It's yeah. similar. I know, plan I know for what anything, you mean. Of course, okay. but... I would say also that there is a situation that doesn't get to divorce, but people who've been together for a long time, they, they need a spark sometimes. And shouldn't our parishes be places where, where we provide for, we, we help people to, to find that spark again? I'm sure there are many couples that would say, I would never leave my husband or wife, but is this the dream we had? Is, is maybe when the children leave the house or the, the empty nest? And how do you help people to refine meaning and, 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 and the spark of the relationship at that point? There's a ton of you know thoughts we could provide as as priests with marriage because we deal with people all the time, with marriages on on both sides of things. I connect to what you're saying with it's important to know stages of life, you know, mm. just so stages of life in terms of an individual, but certainly in a marriage, there's stages of of maturity. I feel like you are stealing a line for me. How many times I've written and and preached about the 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 ability we have to have to recognize the stage, even during the now it's it's the beginning of October, mm-hmm. so we started the school, we started the faith formation program. What happens now? You, you, you have to recognize the moment. So an invitation that you are issuing about recognizing that in a relationship, that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's something I've said many times, then I say it's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so very important though, because it's encouraging to know that you're going to feel different ways at different points in life, and then to, to find those solutions a lot more efficiently and quickly. So maybe going back again to the image of children... Isn't Jesus inviting us to live life as we were children at the beginning, a child is beginning life, to try to recover this idea that we are always beginning anew, that we don't settle, that we don't say my wife cannot change, my husband cannot change, that we are always invited to be a child doesn't have limits. It seems the world is there to like a, like a huge playground. So, so maybe that's one of the things we should invite our marriages, families, and any relationship to to consider. See, you've come around to my point here. I did. I, I, did. I did. Yeah, youthfulness. That's what I see here, a youthfulness, and just the beauty that's with that, and just the youthfulness, and, and really the new creation as well, newness. And the curiosity of a child. We know mm-hmm. that. Children are curious. They want to know. So, so you don't settle with your wife or husband. You want to know more about that person, even if you've been together for 50 years. Yeah. I'm thinking of a gardening image of everything that's happening in the first part of the reading and almost like the end with the the children. It's almost like rain in the garden to give it kind of new life. And so I think there's a connection. That's my point. I think I'm going to preach precisely about how the, the end part inspired me to look at the first part in a different way. All right. And footnotes, Philip Ogaki on that. I will give you credit. <laughs> I will mention this podcast. So I'm going to end on a high note. I think we should end on a high note because you've given me credit for something. So should we wrap up? Sure. <laughs> All right. I'll see you next week. See you there.
This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you.